Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Let's kick it off for another episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. And I want to ask you something right off the bat. Oh, this is exciting. The Silver Edwards and LaMelo cards that come back Mm -hmm. PSA 10 from PSA. Mm-hmm. Are those a good or a bad investment? So let me give you some well, context. I mean, Edwards you get, yeah, is a ones pop that come back to PSA. Just, just, just yeah. hold on. Pump the brakes. Well, I mean, they're not as He's rare like as a freight train. They're just ready to go. Ones that come back PSA 10 from PSA. Are there ones that come back PSA 10 from somebody else? Uh, they did. They, they're <laughs> other companies. All right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I like to bust your balls during the intro. You can't get through an intro. <laughs> What's the pop on that card? No clue. We've talked about what's the MSRP on that card? On on the Edwards and the Lamello, you know, they're they're you know fifteen hundred and two thousand something like that. Like you know twenty five hundred. Honestly, I got to tell you, um, and you know, I love the question. I love the intro. I love the topic. They're cards I don't know the pop of, and they're cards I don't know the price of because they're cards that I am completely steering clear of now. I would love to get an Edwards Silver PSA 10. I'd love to get one because I think Edwards is awesome, right? I really do. I think he's great. But I think with PSA closed, it's not like that card is rare, right? There's no way that PSA printed less of that than, say, 2018, 2019, 2020. Like, I mean, not PSA, Prism. You know that Panini printed plenty of them. You know, there's no shortage of them. Right. So really what you're dealing with now is that age old conversation we've had a bunch of times now, especially this year, with buy something that's rare because it's rare, not buy something that's rare because the grade is rare. And my question becomes, is it a rare grade now that eventually the pop catches up with it? Is there eventually going to be more of these? Like, are there ones in SGC 10s now that would be PSA 10s? Sure. Right. Are people going to, when PSA is fully open, going to grade more of these things now? Sure. Are there ones that are in uh, other holders? Are there ones sitting in people's basements? I I have the card. Like I have have a silver. I have several bases of Edwards and Lamello that I think are tens that I'm just not doing anything with them because there's nothing to do with it now. Maybe I'll send it to SGC. Who knows? They're not a card I want to sell right now. They're cards I'd like to hang on to. So the thought is, I'm just going to sit with it. So so it's an interesting thing, man, because we talk about supply and demand and we talk about all that fun stuff. But these cards specifically, the top guys for NBA in their in this range, not their blue, not their number, not their colors, because obviously it's worth it to pay to get those graded. But at this range, at that price range, right now, the I believe the pop reports are being held down. So they're a card that at the prices and the pop they're at now, I sort of stay away from. So bu- don't buy a car that's rare because of the grade. Buy a car that's rare because of it being rare. But would anybody, would, you- would anybody make an argument that LaMelo Silver or Edwards Silver or LaMelo Bases or Edwards Bases are, are rare cards? No. They're not rare. There's 330 PSA 10s for context. Right, but but it's it's rare right now in PSA 10. But why is it rare in PSA 10? Not because it's a rare card. 
right? And now listen, don't get me wrong, okay? There are other examples of this, right? The Jeter 93 SP. I'll talk about Jeter later today because he's my play, right? But the Jeter 93 SP is not a rare card, right? But there are, in PSA 10, like two dozen of them. So it's rare in the grade. That's not something I expect to change, right? I don't expect there to be a mass influx of those in PSA 10. Right. That's a different scenario. Right. There are cards out there that are notoriously difficult grades that are that are not rare cards. The Michael Jordan 1986 Fleer is one of them. You could put it in that category. I mean, people would say 300 is not that rare, but there's the same amount of Edwards right. or Lamello PSA 10 silvers as there are Jordans right now. We're considering it rare in that grade. Right. And there is no shortage of 86 Fleer Jordans. Just in the PSA 10, there is a small percentage. Same thing with 86 Tops Rice and, and the Montana Rookies. They're not rare card, but they're rare in that high grade. Right now, those those cards from last year in silver are rare in the grade. But unlike the other cards that I named that are 20, 30, 40, you know, 40 years old, um, these cards are a year old, and they're, they were they were basically out in a year where it was difficult to grade those cards at PSA at the price point that PSA was at. I do believe that you're going to see that pop increase significantly. I do. Really? You think it's going to go to a yeah. thousand? I think it'll be more than a thousand. Yeah. Wow. So you think yeah. people are sitting at home with stashes of 10, 20, 30 raw cards waiting for PSA? Yeah. What, what service level? Bulk? This oh, would be a bulk maybe, card? Maybe, maybe 50. Maybe the 50. Maybe people got them in at 50, you know, when they opened up 50. Maybe the 100. You know, but it's difficult. A card like that. So what's the what's the Edwards sell for now at the rare at the rare rate, right? Well, I, I've seen it come down. And why I ask that is there's a second question of where, if you want to invest in Edwards, where would you look? Because uh, before, at his at his peak in the early season, he was about 18, 1900. Then he, he, he put up 40 points, 10 threes. He looked incredible, and then he went went out with COVID, and he's been out with mm -hmm. COVID for 12 days. He's going to come yep. back pretty soon, and, and it's not my play, but I do think he's worth looking at. But I don't know the right card to invest in. This card now is sitting at 1100 the Prism Silver PSA. 10. In PSA 10. So what are raw? Because I'll tell you, if you want to know where I would invest in it, I would invest in good raw copies. I'd look for the card at shows. I'd look for the card in person. I'd look for the card that people have that pulled it themselves. I I would I would you know snoop around in Prism breaks if people are still doing them, you know, and see if somebody pulls them and say, hey, look, that was a centered one. What do you want for it? You know what I mean? And and I would hang on to it and grade it myself. Um, you know, I would potentially look at ones in SGC tens. I potentially look at two hundred seventy or best offer on eBay. Yeah, so it means you can get two thirty your best right? offer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so 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 that's where I'd be looking, right? And I'd be looking, you know, at ones where I think had a good shot of getting a ten centered. You know, look at the issues like in person, not eBay with bad pictures. You know, <laughs> that's when I try to get you know one at a show. Um, what about and, I and, courtside? Would you look at that? Yeah, I mean, those are cool cards. The problem I have with, like, the courtside ones is is it's going to be an issue, I believe. I'm going to almost put those in the same category as the, your favorites, the uh, the Purple Waves. But beyond that, the Elephant Skins and the Elephant Titus, you know, parallels and the, uh, you know, the, 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 the Tiger Skins and the Leopard Prints and the, 
you know, the fancy pants and all these parallels that are, quote, rare, but you don't know exactly how rare because they're not numbered. You're just told that they're rare. You know what I mean? And who knows how rare? Like, how many kabooms are there? I know that's an insert. It's a different scenario. It's not a parallel. But how many kabooms are there? I have no idea. I know they're more this year than last year. I have no clue. It seems like everybody who goes to Target pulls a kaboom out of his blaster. Only bought one pack of soccer. Here you go. Look what I got. I got a Ronaldo kaboom. One pack. You got a Ronaldo Maybe kaboom? Just, no. No, I'm just telling you what you see on Twitter. You know? It seems like they're in every pack kabooms now. So I'm not going to shit on kabooms because it's going to be 2022. I'm turning over a new leaf and I'm not shitting on anything. The, the point is those court sides, it's very difficult to know what the actual universe of them are. You know what I mean? And, I, and when you're buying rarity, when you're trying to get something that's rare, you know, it's nice. This gold parallel or this blue is out of 199. This red is out of 299. So, you know, no matter what, when you buy that parallel, it's never going to be more than that in PSA 10. You're never going to have more than 199 because there's 199 total copies. It's rare, and it's rare in the grade. Um, those are the kind of things I think people have kind of moved towards instead of the court. And, uh, and don't get me wrong. Like, court sides, they're nice, right? You know, they're, they're cool cards. They're clearly rarer. But unless you have, like, a stated odds or you have something that comes out from Panini that says, you know, hey, we didn't ramp up courtsides this year and print 20% more than last year, it just makes it very difficult when you don't know. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of uncertainty. No fear, no no doubt, but just some uncertainty. <laughs> Dude, I'm NFT'd out. My head hurts. I just want to go broke. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> no, so but listen, it's a... It's a valid, it's a valid point, right? Because you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. But in the hobby, things are always changing, right? And and you know, we we had a normal, we had a all right. Not in the month of December. A, this month has been no, a no. slow month. Buy a, but I mean, but the point was buy a rare card, and send it to PSA, because it's going to cost you this much money to grade. Send it to SGC. Send it to HGA. It became a different different animal. And then you couldn't send it to PSA. And then it was you're, you're calculating, okay, should I be sending this to somebody else? Or is this card worth sending at this level? And then you had the calculation of it may be worth sending at this level now. By the time I get it back, is the price going to come down? And what if it doesn't get a 10? Am I, you know, am I facing losing money grading this and getting a 9? You know, what's the, the average cage- 9? What's itself for a nine? I'd be curious. It's gonna it's gonna be right it's gonna be right around the, the raw. The raw. That's interesting. Wait, wait. When I entered the hobby, I almost couldn't believe how easy it was to make money. Like, you know, when you're new, so you're like you tell people your strategy, but they're like, it can't be that easy. It yep. was really that easy because I could buy my uh, Zion cards. If I got a PSA 10, I went 10x. If I got a PSA 9, I went 3.5x or 2x. Yeah. So, and I was like, yeah. I know what a PSA 9 and 10 is. I could just look at the card and realize it's going to be one of the two. Mm-hmm. I, sent, I sent like 50 of that card. I got no 8s because it's pretty obvious. Right. Well, let me weave this all together because I have a card that I think is rare. And I think the grade makes it rarer, but the card in of itself is rare enough that... I don't actually think you should be that concerned about the grade. Uh, and okay. it's funny when you see cards like this, um, where the PSA 10, because it's so rare, gives it like a 40X premium over the PSA 8 and 9. But it's the same card. And it's the 2019 Panini Foosball Halan sticker. Foosball. Now, there, there are 
1,500 of these graded. And this is a card that everybody graded, right? Right. This was still when value sub was out. This was last year. This card, I would say 80, 90% of this card has been graded by this point. And there's 1,500 yep. of them cage in circulation. The mm-hmm. PSA 10 is a, basically a $10,000 card, $5,000 card. It's insane. But a PSA 8, so let me give you guys the pop on this. Uh, there's 314 PSA 10s, 750 PSA 9s, one 8.5, and 345 8s. Okay? I want the A5. I want the 185 because <laughs> it's rare. It's, it's a pop one. one. I want the, pop one. I want the 185. It's pop e- one. eBay, so eBay 101. 101. Let's go. You've been playing and in the foosball. And I've graded these stickers. I mean, the difference between an 8 and a 9 is is marginal, and, and a 9 and a 10 is, is marginal as well. It's tiny. And a PSA 10 is like sought after. Okay, it's $5,000. Let's call it that. But a PSA 8 is $150. Wow. $150. Bucks. And I know these 8s. And I've seen how PSA grades them. They're tough on these stickers. There's a lot of these stickers that they could have graded 9s and 10s that they put into the 8 category. And you could have it for, what is it, 120th, 130th of a PSA 10 card. And I actually think, leading up to the World Cup, and as the World Cup hits, the eights are might go up more than the the nines and the tens. Because think about it, you could get let's say five eights for a thousand bucks. I could see those eights doubling from one hundred and eighty to four hundred. I could see that happening more than a PSA ten going from ten k or seven and a half k to fifteen k. Am I crazy about that? Am I crazy going dumpster diving for PSA 8s over PSA 10s of this card? At a price point of $183.50 as the last sale? uh, I mean, it wouldn't be where I put $183, but it's not not horrible thought process when you compare it to the PSA 10 being a $5,000 plus, you know, foosball card. I think it's cool, man. It's a, it's a, it's it's a reasonable entry point for a Halan collector, where there are not many reasonable entry points for him. What's a, what's the Bundesliga Chrome in a PSA eight, for example? Because I know the base PSA ten is a four figure card. I know I was opening boxes of that and selling them for a hundred bucks to people because I'm an idiot. <laughs> but what's that go for at PSA eight? Just for comparison, and then the pop wise, because I mean, that's the first one that people look for. You know, his first card, the one they came out in the in the Bundesliga Chrome. Um, that's not that's not his true rookie cage, and that's what? on Dortmund, uh, where the other one is on Salzburg. But what does it not make true rookie? What do you mean by not true rookie? Your foosball one came out first, is what you're saying? Actually, the the foosball one's not the true rookie. the The true rookie is the horizontal one where he where there's another player side by side, right? Like a sticker. But this yeah. Bundesliga card, generally speaking, is his first you know tops Chrome release where people would would say this is the one that's sought after. I'm just curious what that is in PSA eight because kind of what I what I look for is two things: one, the card. And if the card is not approachable, then a price point for a collector of that card to get in at, right? So if you tell me this PSA 8 is 500 bucks, cool, then your foosball play makes sense. Uh, but if you tell me in PSA 8 and the pop is not that nuts that, you know, in PSA 10, that card is 2,000 bucks, but you can get this PSA 8 for, you know, similar to your PSA 8 play. I just don't know. I don't, I don't know the answer. 274 for the PSA 8. And what's the pop looking like? Is it significantly more than what your pop is in on the football one? 
It's, it's got to be, there's got to be way more PSA 10s and 9s and way less PSA 8s because it's a chromey finish. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really hard to get a PSA 8 on that card. And if you do, you're not sending it in because you could clearly see scratches. Right. Stickers, sort of are, scratches. stickers are a lot harder to uh, to the naked eye to grade. Hmm. PSA okay. pop four. Give me a sec. I'm pulling all this up on the fly, guys. So I hope you uh, stay, yeah, stay so with I mean, me. I hope but- you're... But they understand because we're going through this is our brain dump now. They're going through it with us, right? So you you pull a play. If you're a Holland, you know, investor and you want to get in on Holland because you think he's gonna have a good World Cup, your play is a good entry level play at an eight, right? So you gotta do supply and demand. So the supply is low on it and the entry price is low also. But you know, the other thing is let's compare it. Let's compare it to another entry point of a card instead of a sticker. Right. And then what can the I can I give you some figures? Yeah. Yeah, the nines numbers. were about 450, 500 bucks. So there's 1,488 of these graded. Remember, this is of the base. There's a ton of parallels. Right. Uh, so, but well. about the but, same. But about the same number. Then you're talking about yeah. between 1,000 and 1,500. But a so lot less ten, a lot more tens. 950 PSA tens, almost a okay. 75% gem rate. 526 nines, and then, like I said, only eight PSA eights. Wow. I'm on the eight. It's rare. Nine. Nine PSA eights. <laughs> and again, okay. one with a qualifier. One PSA nice. eight one, and a half. We need the. I want the eight and a half. So I want the eight and a half on both of these. No, but I mean, but it does. It's a good thing, right? Because what it's showing you here is that this is a card that has a similar pop, that was a lot easier to grade, right? And then it becomes personal preference, right? Do you want the nine at three times the price of your sticker? Or do you want an entry point of 100 or something? But it really depends on what kind of collector you are, what you're doing on these things. And if you want something that's in, hey, I have a Holland that's a near mint mint PSA eight sticker. Um, and, uh, you know, that's your investment in him while he's playing in the world cup. There's also something to be said. They're probably all graded, right? Like you said, probably 80% of these are already graded. You're not going to have a significant amount more come in. Um, could this be something that goes to 250, 300, whatever it is, you know, when you make a, a decent percentage on your money when a world cup goes around short, hundred percent. It's all about your entrance and, and exit strategy. If you're looking for this to turn into a thousand dollar card next year, it's not going to happen. But if you're okay buying in because you want a, a lower entry point below two hundred dollars for something that you want to exit this coming year, sure. I know um, card points probably not going to like that, right? Like, don't you don't want somebody to be holding a bag, you know, dumping it? But you know, this is a strategy. You know, like you're looking for something that is less now than it might be in the run up to the World Cup or while the World Cup is being played. You'd be smart to try to look ahead. I mean, you, everybody in this business says buy in the offseason and then sell in the run-up, right? Does that mean you're creating bag holders and people are exiting the hobby? People have been doing that for decades. So this is just another strategy. I actually don't. I like it. There's a little caveat to all this, and I still think this card is going to run up, even despite the fact that Norway and Holland won't be in the World Cup. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's interesting. I don't know why I think that. That to me is just pure intuition. Like I think, um, well, because for, people for me, don't know that he's not in the World Cup. People are like, oh, well, soccer's should, coming. People should coming. Google it. Holland, Holland's the guy to get. You know. Uh, well, no, he's he's still other... going to be playing for Borussia. He's still going to be scoring goals. And, and I think this is like um, he doesn't play for Barca. He he might get I mean, moved. Anybody, he might get moved. Anybody who's anybody plays for Barca. Market's struggling, man. Market doesn't have the talent that they did just uh, a few years ago. <laughs> I got you to call it Barca. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> yes, 2021 is complete. No, I mean, I, I like I like the play. It's, it's, it's an entry for, I don't own any Holland. You know, I'm the guy who sold every Holland that I had. I sold every Mbappe I had. Um, then the World Cup's going to come and I'm going to be mad. I'm, I'm going to have regrets. Um, but it is what it is. Instead, oh I'm buying Dunruss, Dunruss soccer now and pulling uh, Pedri cards. Pedri second years. Um, anyway. Are you buying Dunley yeah. clearly? Wipe? clearly wipe my ass Dunruss? No. I, I, I don't think they have that for soccer yet. No, I went kaboom hunting, and as usual, I did not get one. You have to only buy one pack to get a kaboom or a blaster at a retail store. Walmart, Target, you have to open it in the parking lot on your lap with the steering wheel in the background, and boom! There you go. Kaboom. You, you watch kaboom. too much social media. That's the way. That's the way kabooms come out. So, I like the play, and I like the thought process behind it, and it really is kind of... Um, you know, it, 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 it's honing in on a strategy of try to look someplace when no one else is looking there, try to look someplace when there are things coming out. So I have a play also. And, you know, the, what I like the most about yours is the entry point, right? Because you can't really get to hurt buying something for under 200 bucks. You know what I mean? If it goes down, what's it going to go down to? If it goes up, all right, you know, you have an opportunity to sell. So my play is in that same price range also. Only mine is very different. It's not somebody who has a lot of promise and has done good things for a year. And people think he's going to turn into something great. It's somebody who is done playing. Um, but it's somebody who had a career that you would, you know, almost anybody coming up now would sign up for his career. Um, and there's a potential exit point on these cards um, coming this calendar year, um, even though the guy's not playing anymore. And I'm talking about Derek Jeter, right? So Derek Jeter is a fun investment right because we talked about the card right everybody knows about the 93 sd um you know this tops chrome didn't come out until 96 some people consider that his rookie it's difficult to do 96 as his rookie when he has so many cards in 1993 um the interesting little historical lesson here a history lesson a little education for you guys is what we have with bowman and tops now was not in play then right so people compare like his 93 sp to a bowman card and his 96 tops chrome to like his first tops card. That's a bad comparison. I've, I've heard it made a bunch of times. You know, you, you talk about now, Cunha has a, a Bowman first, right? With the, with the one ST on the card, and then he has a first tops card. Same thing with Jason Dominguez now. He'll eventually have a tops card. You see Wander Franco. We talk about Bobby Witt and the value of his first Bowman card, and he'll eventually have a first tops card. People look at the Jeter and they're like, oh, those 93s, those aren't really rookies. Like, he didn't really come up until like 95, you know? So the 96 is really tricky. No. Bowman came out as a Topps brand in 1989. Topps bought, bought the Bowman brand. Came out in 89 in the last time we had a crazy run of cards like we have now, thanks to Mr. Ken Griffey Jr. That 1989 Bowman set was just another release, like Score, like Upper Deck, like Topps, like, you know, Donruss, like Fleer. You can look across, across the lines. They're all there, right? Um Bowman, the Bowman brand in 89, 90 was nothing special. 91, you name it. It wasn't until 92 Bowman that they released Bowman as sort of like almost like a premium type of card. It was more expensive than Topps. Topps was sort of like the entry level and Bowman became a little more expensive. And 93 Bowman, you saw some some uh, chrome, you know, foil. I don't want to call it chrome, but some foil added to the rookies. Um, and Jeter actually has a 93 Bowman. But it was not at pre-rookie card. It was not something that was just for like minor leaguers just coming up and that kind of stuff to be the first Bowman card. It was literally just another release, right? And there were a ton of releases. There were releases then that don't exist now. Pinnacle was an example. Score. 
Score Jeter is my play for today. It's a cool card, white card, um, with a picture of him kind of making his throw from from short. You know, pretty iconic Jeter pose. Um, and I picked this one for um, for a reason. It's a PSA ten. It is at the lowest entry point of any of his 1993 cards in PSA 10 by a long shot. Cool card. That's it right there. If you find a PSA 10, I looked a pop up on this lucky number. It ends with eight, eight, eight. There's only 1,888 of these, right? So you see that, that, that white card that's on top. If you can find the PSA 10, that's great. If not, you can just show the picture of the card. Um, it's a cool, cool card. Only 1,888 of these in PSA 10. It sells for, I mean, on in a low auction, one hundred and forty-five dollars. Look at this one you found. It looks like an SGC selling for sixty bucks, right? Mm-hmm. So PSA ten, one hundred fifty bucks, one hundred fifty-four dollars recent auction. You know they're still available. You know one ninety. Looks like a baby in this picture. It's very young, very young. I mean, a young kid, um, young kid out of, out of Kalamazoo, um, and um, the next. So I picked this for a bunch of reasons. Number one, it's ninety-three. Number two, the price point. Um, and number three, the next one is Upper Deck, which if you like Upper Deck, you can buy Upper Deck. Everybody knows about the Upper Deck brand because of Griffey. The 93 Upper Deck, um, also cool. Like he's kind of like jumping and throwing the ball from shortstop, like, you know, mocking that he's like jumping over a someone sliding. But that card is more than double this. You can't get that one for less than three and change, 320, 330. So this one here is basically an entry level at half the price. And, and a lot of people don't know this, but documentaries you're watching the tom brady man in the arena right now and you told me oh this is cool to watch and i'm like oh dude do i need to watch this i'm not gonna want to buy some tom brady cards that's the initial reaction right it's like you watch this it's like oh the last dance you know when, when documentaries come out you got the showtime lakers coming out people are like you know they they find out more about these players they learn something about them and and the card prices react right and what we've seen is card prices react ahead of time in the run-up to these things so in 2022, ESPN is doing a six-part documentary, docu-series, whatever it's called, called The Captain, about Derek Jeter. People aren't oh, Captain, looking at Captain. People aren't looking at that just yet. This one here, for the same reason, I think your Holland, you know, entry-level thing is is good because when people want to get Holland some exposure to Holland, they're going to look for like a cheap entry point. This is a 1993 rookie of Derek Jeter. Less than 2,000 in PSA 10 is 1,888 of these as of the time we record this. And do I think if you grab one for 140, 150 bucks, that this is one where the documentary's out could be a 250? Sure, 100%. Could I think even if there wasn't a documentary, it, it is one of those. Jeter is a fun one, right? Because he's polarizing. A lot of people don't like him. It makes for a great conversation. You know, was he as good as people say? Right. You know, he, uh, he he didn't unanimously get in the Hall of Fame. But it was a first ballot missing by like one or two votes or whatever it was. Right. Clearly had a Hall of Fame career, but he was not great at anything. I mean, I'm a Yankee fan and I'll be I'll the first one. It'll be it'll be, you know, the Yankee fans who are out there who love Jeter will yell at me for saying this. But he was somebody who played for a long time, played on good teams, was pretty clutch. But that's difficult to measure, but was never really first in anything. He wasn't a power hitter. Most shortstops aren't. He wasn't the best fielder, not by a long shot, even though he won a lot of gold gloves. And we've talked about this just because there wasn't much competition in the fielding department for shortstops in the American League while he was playing. Alexi Ramirez comes to mind. I mean, you're going to give a gold glove to Alexi Ramirez, you know. Um, He just hit. He hit a lot. He got on base a lot. And he, I think he finished his career as number six in hits all time. 
which for a modern player, you just don't get that now. You know, people just don't don't do that. Um, so the numbers are there, the career numbers are there, the championships are there, the legacy is there, the captain is there, and to be able to buy an actual 1993, you know, score, you know the brand score, right? I mean, if you're a football collector and you want to buy Barry Sanders' best card, it's a score card. It's 89 score, right? You want to buy, you know, Troy Aikman's best rookie card, who you, you hear him on Sundays doing the games. It's an 89 score rookie card. And, you know, it's a it's an iconic iconic set. Cage, um with shoot. Jeter, mm-hmm. who's better or worse is pretty subjective. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Once you get to that level, it's pretty subjective who's better or worse. But what's not subjective is checking all the boxes. Yep. Team accomplishments, individual accomplishments. In baseball, you have defensively and offensively, and you just mentioned it. Hits and, and gold glove. And then marketability. If you could check all those boxes, you're set. That's why – who's better, Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes? Okay. We could go for days to discuss, oh, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers has less talent, blah, blah, blah. But Mahomes checks all the boxes, and he actually checks a few boxes that Aaron Rodgers doesn't check, and I think marketability is one of them. So – As long as his brother I, I gets think, out of his way. <laughs> dude, his brother's weird. Um <laughs> Super weird, dude. Uh, so, so now I try to look for players that check those boxes. Personal accomplishments, team accomplishments, and, and marketability. If you could get all of that checked off, then you're successful. And that's why I It's Lamella, funny you pick, you pick two QBs who are marketed in the same brand. In the same commercial, they've been. It's so funny you have Rogers and Holmes. Yeah, I mean, they've been in commercials together, you know, as far as marketability. Yeah, but, yeah but, I understand but, what you're but, saying. Rogers is like in year fifteen, and I think his only Rogers, real brand—he's become a heel. Yeah, he's become a bad guy. And State Farm—I don't know if he's in any other commercials. Patrick Mahomes is in like year four, and he's already with Palomalu. He's already at all these commercials. So Mahomes is already a little, a little bit more marketable in a way less period of time. Yeah. So talk to me about Lamelo. By the way, that's it for the Jeter play. We can turn the page on that, guys. There are a million different ways to go. I just wanted to bring you a PSA 10, actual 93 rookie at a price point that is attractive enough where, you know, you can still get in on, you know, what I consider an all-time great, a captain, somebody who's going to have a play, uh, somebody who's going to have an exit point for you when this documentary, The Captain, comes out, when you can get in, you know, in the hundreds. Um, And I don't know how long that stays there. All of his cards have moved. They don't 50x... That, you know, but they slowly and steadily like that savings bond that grandma bought you for your bar mitzvah, Mr. Goldberg. You know, the, it's not sexy, but it accumulates interest over time and grows your portfolio. It's the same thing as these cards, right? I remember when I came in, his tops rookie was nothing. His tops gold rookie was nothing. You know, his SP was significantly less than it is now. All of his cards have kind of been pulled up. Um, and I'm sure this one, if we revisit this, you know, we're at episode five, whatever it is. If we visit this in episode a thousand, it won't be a thousand dollars. But if this hundred and fifty dollar play is three hundred dollars or three fifty, would you be surprised? I wouldn't, especially with the pop at you know less than two thousand of them. Shoot, what do you got for Lamelo? Guys, I don't know what happened. He's frozen. He's handsome. He's back. I'm back. 
technological difficulties. And well, that, that, one, that one was an interesting one. You know what I did there? I had the VPN so I could watch American TV, and I just turned my VPN off because my computer was working hella slow, and it, like, crashed everything. Um, now, I was going to talk about LaMelo because, I mean, record sale, 250K, 55K. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, like, what is LaMelo's ceiling? Like, is he uh, – is it, like, Jason Kidd? Like, where – What's the best LaMelo can be? Because clearly to me, Anthony Edwards has more upside. They're probably the same player right now in terms of what they've accomplished one in change years into the, into their career. But what's, what's Melo's upside? Could his upside be Magic Johnson? Uh, I'm just no. talking about game. I'm talking about game-wise, right? I mean, I didn't Magic- get a chance to see Magic play enough. To, to talk right. on that, I mean, he was. But you he have was, talked. He was he was the one who 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 broke the mold of your 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 prototypical point guard. Um, and it's funny; everybody loves to make these kind of comparisons. But I heard that comparison from Ben Simmons when Ben Simmons was coming in. He was a Magic Johnson type of player, and obviously, I mean, look, the kid's so young. We'll see what happens. But um, anybody who's sort of like a a real tall disher. <laughs> gets the Magic Johnson comparison. That's kind of the way it goes. Um, but no, Magic was a facilitator who could also create his own offense. And you would have loved him because he's the kind of player who made everybody around them better. And I think the reason why I would even make that sort of comparison now, and guys, don't get on me. I'm not saying is going to be Magic Johnson, but we do this, right? It's fun to talk about these things with young players. You know, Edwards with the flash and Ja with the flash. You could have Jordan comparisons because of the way he dunks the ball and that kind of stuff. It doesn't mean they're going to be Jordan, right? Obviously, I don't think anybody is. But for, for the Magic comparison, you like to talk about making people around them better. I'm sure Miles Bridges is a heck of a player. But nobody was talking about him until LaMelo was there, right? Nobody was talking about him being the most improved player slash, you know, just filling the bucket, right? Because you got, you can take players who do the right thing and are in the right place and then add somebody like this who will find them, you know, who rewards players for playing fundamental basketball and moving without the ball and rewards them with a pass when they're in the right spot, you know, who can turn, um, you know, an offense that's middle of the road into an offense that, you know, gets the most out of each possession. That's the kind of player that Magic was. Keep in mind, Magic played with one hell of a team, right? You know, Kareem at some point, James Worthy, um, you know, and then role players, Byron Scott. You know, these are guys who, you know, you you put a a great team around them. I don't know right now that the the Hornets, as currently situated, will allow LaMelo to have any real team success because there are just so many better teams out there. There are super teams out there, right? I mean, the, the Hornets as currently constituted are not going to compete with the Bucks. They're not going to compete with the Heat. They're not going to compete with the Nets. They're just not, right? They, you know, they can overachieve this year and still fall way short of what those teams are. But they're all young, right? And, and you know, Jordan's there. You get to come play with LaMelo, who's a pass-first player, although he can fill the bucket if he needs to. I'm sure there are going to be some free agents who wouldn't mind playing with the kid. You know what I mean? Um, but right now, Terry Rozier and PJ Washington and 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 that cast of characters is probably not getting it done for him from a you know from a, a team success perspective. You know what I mean? I'm surprised no one's traded for Miles Turner. Really surprised. This is like three four years now we've been hearing he's on the trade block. 
this Pacers team is going nowhere fast the way it's constructed. And I'm surprised they wouldn't – like, I think he'd be such a good fit. With all the money you made in NFTs this year, give me one NBA franchise you would like to buy and fix. What do you mean? My own. Your own franchise. You want to bring your own team into the league. Okay, the Sixers. Okay, good. I thought you were gonna, like, you were talking about the San Jamil and Qualaminos. Like, you were going to make your own franchise up. I mean, if I could be a minority owner in the Heat and watch what they do and how they do it and learn from Pat Riley so that in 20 years I could do it on my own, thousand percent I would go Heat. The guy's a proven winner. And, like, we don't talk enough about apprenticeship and, like, learning from the best. I would love to learn from Pat Riley. Love that organization. This is, I think they this do is why I show right up way. every day, by the way. I show up every day so that I can apprentice under you and learn. I learn. I yeah, hold my tongue, craft. Tongue in chief. I, tongue no, in chief. I'm, I learned, I learned I'm, way more from you, bro. I'm being, I'm being serious. I mean, today – actually, this was yesterday. I'm just sore about it today. Yesterday, Ian and I were playing golf. He got a putting green from Santa Claus. So you can play a little indoor, like put put the ball. And he says this bet, right? He's like, if I if I get uh, more in, then I have then I get an Apple gift card. And if you get more in, you get hugs. Great. So I get to buy him Apple gift cards. He gets to pay me in hugs, which is fine. I'll take it because there's only a there's a finite amount of time where hugs will actually be paid. So I said, all right, but each golf ball we get in, like it's a breakfast time. I'm like, you got to eat some pancakes and some sausage. You got to eat some breakfast because he's like, he's allergic to food of any kind. And he's like, daddy, if you're going to make me eat pancakes and sausage, then every ball I sink up to 10, you have to do 10 push-ups." And I'm like, deal, let's do it. So I did a lot of push-ups yesterday. And I got to tell you, did you really? Region, this whole Dude. region here is, is painful. Like just, I got pain in my arms. I got pain everywhere. Physical, physical activity and me are not friends. Well, so, stop, but anyway, stop push-ups. saying things like that because your body goes to, and your mind goes to work proving that that's not true. It's but very dude, true. ten push-ups a day is 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 no. Dude, I did like no, I did like I did like eighty in like five minutes. Have you heard about the guy who lost <laughs> hundreds of pounds of weight by just going to the gym for five minutes? And the reason that that works is because. No. This what do they do? Is it. there like a liposuction center in the back of the gym? <laughs> it's like, there you go. No, sorry. Man. Go ahead. So the reason it works is because so mad. It, fake it till you make it is, is, a, is a facade. It, it's not real because your mind is going to be like, well, I have no evidence to prove that I am that guy. But if you start doing even the smallest activity, now you form the habit. You have to form the habit before optimizing it. So even something so subtle like 10 push-ups every day, now your mind's like, well, I'm the guy that does push-ups. And then you go, oh, well, I could do more. I could do more. I could do more. And then you progress. But you first have to start. And starting really simple, really small works. So congratulations. I'm proud of you, big guy. Last thing. push-ups. Oh, I John have something Madden. after. I was just going to say, John Madden, I swear. That was my last thing. Talk. Go ahead. Talk. I have nothing to say about him. I didn't get to catch him as a coach. I only knew him as an announcer. But anybody, anytime a great of the games, an ambassador of the game passes away, I think we should use our platform to just uh, send our condolences to the family. Great Raider the- coach, great story. Got to be movies made about this guy. Really has to be. And I have to apologize to Luca Nation because no baloney. We have a lot of plays. We give a lot of plays. And, you know, I, I, I believe me or don't believe me, the week before Christmas, I had a John Madden play for you guys. All right, because there was a Christmas Day special, Madden, about him, right? And there was a whole, like, the story of his career, the whole nine yards. It's a Madden, like, documentary. 
And just like with Jeter, the captain, the whole deal, my thought was, let's find something. Now, I don't know if the play is still there. It was an interesting, you know, cute little play. And I'll, I'll have Andrew pull it up, and hopefully it's still there. I did not buy one of these. I still may, guys, but I gave you my play today. So, no, no, I don't want I don't like compete with you guys, but um, this What's is a fun one. I'll, I'll get to the second. Madden it's himself. An amazing, amazing guy for the sport. One of these guys that is larger than life. One of these guys that just, you know, changed the way the game was watched. If you have heard of a turducken, most likely it's because you heard it from John Madden or you heard it from someone who heard it from John Madden. He made the Thanksgiving NFL spectacle what it is today, giving away turkey legs and like a crazy six-legged turkey. But what was cool about him was he did things that were not with the norm. And because he was always happy and always smiley and really never saying anything bad about anybody, he kind of got away with it. You know what I mean? And in a world today where you can get canceled pretty easy for going against the grain, you know, it, it, I take a second to appreciate the guy's greatness and just smart. He didn't fly. Do you know that? Didn't fly. And he had a famous mean? quote. He didn't fly. He, he did he get on fly. airplanes? Didn't get on airplanes. How, how did he get on the way? How did he get to away games? That is the good question, right? So you would think, wow, that's a real, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a problem, right? He's going to, he's got to get to away games, right? He didn't fly. And he had a pretty famous quote about like, he wasn't exactly afraid of flying, but just didn't want to die. <laughs> that was his quote, right? Well, I'm not afraid of fly. flying. I'm afraid of crashing. So I forget what it was, 1979, 1983, one of these years, I, I forget when the hell it was, but very smartly, he entered into a deal with Greyhound Bus where they created the Madden Cruiser for him. No BS. The Madden Cruiser. And it was like something that got a lot of press as it pulled up to the game, got a lot of TV, a lot of free press for for, for Greyhound, because it was a Greyhound bus, the Madden Cruiser. And I'm pretty sure what he got out of the deal was he got a half-million-dollar bus, which, you know, pretty crazy. It's like a fully-equipped, like, camper type of bus, right, that was going to drive him around the country instead of going on planes, the Madden Cruiser. It was as famous at the time as, like, the the blimp, the Goodyear blimp, right? It was like a spectacle. It was a Madden Cruiser. And I'm pretty sure he got the, the thing for like three years and like a 24-hour driver, you know, like like an on-demand driver provided by Greyhound. Like, I, I'd have to look it up, but it was one of these cool, shrewd, like, interesting things. Like, he turned a fear of flying into this, like, advertisement and was able to get this, like, amazing... Check it out. Check it Madden Cruiser. Let's say I have a game on Sunday. Yep. The team's still practicing like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Which he's yeah, like, so, so he would leave and go and get on a bus and he'd get there in time. They weren't they weren't practicing the next day and he would drive That's wherever the... Right, and then yeah. he would have to go all the way back. So he basically... Did he even coach yeah. the team? Of course he did. And I'm sure he did prep meetings and probably had people on the bus with him in the whole nine yards. And that's why it's a cool thing for movies. But I'm telling you, dude, look it up. The Madden Cruiser from Greyhound. Take a little... Take, you can probably find a picture of it. I'd probably find a whole bunch of stories. They probably weren't doing like West. They probably weren't doing West Coast East Coast trips too often. I mean, listen, he was a huge, a huge deal, and he was a commercial guy. He was in a lot of commercials, and there's a story. Was it Miller Lite? Was the first one he did? I mean, he did. I mean, talk about branding himself, right, with the video games and all that stuff. Um, he, uh, um, I'm pretty sure. That maybe it was Miller Lite, the first commercial he did. I'm pretty sure that they, the company asked Al Davis, the owner, to be in the commercial. And Al Davis was like, no, but used by coach. And like, that's how the whole thing started. And it's a guy you, maybe there's a, an autobiography about him. You'd love reading about him because it's one of these guys that sees 
the opportunity and things. So not only did he make all this money from coaching, all this money from Greyhound, all this money because his his name is synonymous with the video game football now, right? I mean that you I'm playing Madden. I play Madden. How many people play Madden? But a few years back, he I who knows if it was himself or like a business partner or whatever it is, you're never gonna know behind the scenes. But I I'm 99% sure that he saw like the health food craze stuff happening in California and people, and he invested in almond farms in California before uh, the whole popularity the of almonds. Uh, almond. no. no, not the water. Just no, just almond. Just like places that grow almonds. Oh. Like I don't you know, know I he invested, almond milk. Invent, is what I meant. In, he invested in the land, the farms, and bought almond farms, and has and made a ton of money. Because of the, you know, the, basically like the growth of almonds, the almond market now. And he was ahead of the curve on that. I mean, like just there's a lot of really cool, interesting stories about him. Uh, my favorite was the all Madden team. And people do it now. Like, what's your Madden ranking? Right. What's the, his Madden ranking came out of the all Madden team. So what I want you to do on eBay and guys, I apologize if this is not there because it was $11. Right. In I think it was 1991. It's a blue box. Action Packed was a brand of football. It was a really cool embossed, like raised, like Braille style football, like a 3D kind of like you could feel the bumps. It was like a like an embossed. Action Packed made an all Madden release. So if you type in Action Packed Madden box, it was a blue box, sealed wax. And when I was going to give this play a week ago, it was $11. That's a pack, I think. But you could find the sealed uh, wax. Just type in action pack and scroll down. I'll see if I see one really quick. And then you can look at the cards. Emmett Smith has a cool card in this. But you don't, don't do the year because I might be wrong on the year. There's one, but that's more expensive. That's $45. Just get out of the maybe people maybe people were smart and look because he passed away. But that's the white one. There, there's multiple years of this. So that's 1990. I think maybe 91 is a blue box. Keep scrolling. There you go. There's a box. There's a blue box. $29. There's, there was one last week for 11 bucks. You can click on it. And basically, it was the all Madden team. I mean, look at these boxes. They're so, they're so inexpensive. There's the blue one right there. But it's a full sealed box, 1992 action-packed all Madden team football box, factory sealed for 30 bucks. It's a cool way to, you know, memorialize Madden. You know, I, I would imagine the 24-karat gold stamp cards. If you now, if you pull out, like, just one of the cards and see what they look like, you can if you if you want to, just not not a sealed box listing. But this no, was I'm a cool, like... Do that. I don't own the box. Go back. Go back. Yeah, yeah. So now go scroll up to your search and just type action-packed all Madden instead of a box. Get rid of the box. Just action-packed all Madden. You see what the cards look like. Action-packed were cool cards. They were not long-lived. They were not really received well. They were rounded edges with, like, a Braille sort of, like, bumpy type of card. Um, and yeah, you can see what the cards look like. There's a Walter Payton there, you know, some cool, some cool cards. That's the action pack, old Madden, Walter Payton, Hall of Famer, Payton on it. Just interesting cards. Little rounded edges. Kind of cool. Yeah, little rounded. And it's three, it's like bumpy. Like if you ran your hand over the card, the Payton would be raised. So it gave kind of like a 3D effect to it. Dude, it's not easy grading these cards. Like I, I no, do yeah. empathize with grading companies because you can't just have one size fits all grading standards because that would probably crush the grading score, right? Yes. One other word to the wise on on Madden before we kill the whole Madden topic, and then this is a long episode, but I think it was a good one. If you are one of those guys that when somebody passes away, you think, let me go get their autograph. Be very careful buying Madden autographs on eBay. 
right? You want to buy one that's slabbed, authenticated already, that kind of stuff. That's fine. They're not going to be cheap. He was a notoriously difficult autograph. He didn't do autographs in person that often. And I believe, like many sports folks, you name it, there's also a thought that when he was asked for autographs, he had a secretary sign him. You know, they have like clubhouse autos, they're called. And when somebody sends a ball in to get signed, some people would have the clubhouse, like somebody would sign it for them. I'm pretty sure that the vast majority of Madden eBay, uh, Madden autos that are on eBay are probably not him actually signing it. So be careful if that's your thought. You're like, oh, wow, he died. Let me run on eBay and grab an auto quick for 100 or 200 bucks. Likely that's not a real auto. So just be careful doing that. Um, he was one of those guys that was just, you, you know, was tough to get a, an authentic signature on. That was why I went with the action pack box. Just because it's cool. It's got him right on the cover of the box. What else you got? Or is that a wrap? That's a wrap, man. Dude, you know a lot about a lot of things. And it's kind of cool. It's really cool. You can't yeah, uh, just get me on read about... <laughs> Life is long, man. And now you're taking care of your health. You're eating right. I, I heard you said you're going to eat a lot of kale in 2022. Kale. So... That's it. Can't we got run. nothing but time, man. And and I don't know anyone who works uh, as hard as you, brother. So we'll see. We will see. Dude, this work. this gonna... is fun. This is fun. You throw a topic out and I get to talk about it. You know, you just get the brain dump. You know, oh, John Madden. I know a little bit about him. He coached the Raiders. He was on the receiving end of the immaculate reception. And to this day, says it was not a catch. <laughs> is that, <laughs> that the 49ers? No, that was the Steelers. That was the Franco Harris. That Steelers versus Raiders where Franco Harris, you know, Caught the ball off the ground off of a tip. And it would have been the Raiders winning the game, but instead Harris you know, scoops it up off the ground. Interesting to see what that what would happen there if that play was reviewed. Steelers fans would say it was a catch, and Raiders fans like myself say it was not. So Dude, there's a lot of miraculous catches. Like um I mean just the two Giants catches, Manningham and Tyree. What? Yeah, the, the Tyree one's the, pretty crazy. But then Julian Edelman had an incredible catch too. Uh, a few years later. Remember when it uh, it bounced off of someone and he caught it right before it hit the ground. So, yeah, I can't believe West. I can't believe West Walker never won a championship. He's, he played in three Super Bowls. He was a very good player. You know, one of the, the first ones to kind of be that that slot type of you know type of little guy. Um, you know, the do everything receiver and gets no love from a cardboard perspective either. A lot of people. A lot of people don't. It's, it's something it's something to think about you know it's definitely something to think about when you i look at cards and I'm, I'm always researching like oh this was somebody i collected this guy was awesome you know i watched the video about david robertson and Shaq and their you know hatred for one another i look at david robertson cards and i'm like all right this guy gets no love <laughs> you, know, like, you know he was a great player but nobody cared thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the lucas tigers and bronze oh my podcast um do us a favor and like, subscribe. Ah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.